Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. My name is John. And uh, John, I've got exciting news not only for our listeners, but truth from us that we are continuing episodes week over week. This is our second episode in a, in a while, like right on the heels yeah. of another one. Yeah, I can't believe it. It is finally, uh, we are holding our promise, we're keeping our word, and we are bringing you the content Yes. Week after week after week. So it is glad. Or it is glad. It we is glad. are glad. Excuse are, me. That's, yes. that's, 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 you know, grammar police. Uh, feeling good. Got the strep throat out of my body. Mm. Uh, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, that was rough. Yeah. If you guys don't, uh, don't, 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 don't forget, John was super medicated on the last, last episode and oh, had the strep, terrible. the streplococcus. The streplococcus. <laughs> oh my <laughs> that God. What they call it. That's what it's called. It was, it was, it was really bad, but the show must go on, and we're we're back. We're ready for for another episode. We've got some, we got some juicy stuff to talk about, Chris. I feel like um, we do. You know what's funny about the topics on our on our show is I feel like now that we're the format has changed for us purposely. Yes. In t- yep. with, with intent, we change this stuff, and sometimes just the things that happen around us in the music business or on social media or what have you, it happens, and it, it's just. It's like just feeding us, you know, it's like, oh, we could talk about that because it's real juicy and it's relevant. It, it really is, man. And, and, you know, the music, the music ain't like the music or the music business ain't like the music business we grew up in trying to learn and, and want to be a part of and get, get, you know, uh, you know, uh, networked into everything's changed, man. Social media has changed mm-hmm. everything. Everything, everything has, and we're definitely going to get into that with this episode. Yep. We're going to talk a lot about social media and uh, its effects on not just the industry, but on individual bands and players. Um, you know, John and I have some, some, some insight, but also we have some, um, some, some history that we can draw from and some of our sure. own. We sure do. Yeah, some of our own experience. Uh, so we're going to get into that in a little bit. But um, first off, John and I are, are real excited to uh, to still be continuing um, talks with. Um, I guess we would say going into the new year, uh, negotiations yes. and uh, hopeful talking about um, the band that we're in together with uh, the artists that we're playing with. And it's really cool to be able to, to talk like future, you know, like talk about goals and like what's, yeah, what's absolutely. next, you know? Yeah. Just kind of, you know, thinking, thinking out a little, a little long term here, you know, um, you know, as an artist, um, especially if you're a singer songwriter and you have a band together, like you have to constantly be willing to evolve and adapt to your environment, your musical environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't want to be stagnant. You know, it's like the old saying, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Definitely. So you, you, you don't want to fade, you know, uh, you don't want to fade out. That's the worst thing you can do as an artist is to just let yourself fade out. So, you know, reinventing yourself as an artist, finding a different avenue or a different conduit to pursue your, your craft, um, is, is super invigorating. And it's something, you know, we're looking at doing in a new year, doing, you know, just kind of changing the business plan or the business model, I guess, Chris is the yep. right nomenclature yep. for, Maybe for break, for break the mold. I mean, John, John and I talked about this today. We actually played a gig today. So, so did you guys get this in your, in your heads? We're recording this episode, which will, will go out on, uh, 
on uh, the 18th. So, um, yeah. so this is, you know, we're going to just be real. This is, this is Sunday night. Um, and we did play a gig today, uh, together. And, um, while we were there, we were talking about musicians and bands, especially bands, groups, say like, uh, the Rolling Stones or yep. Aerosmith or, mm-hmm. you know, you can name a lot of bands that have been around for 30 or 40 years and Toto. they're the ones, Toto, uh, David Bowie, David Bowie, rest his uh, soul. Yeah, Tom Petty. Um, Tom you know, Petty. Like artists that will reinvent themselves are the ones that have that long-lasting effect, and this—they're—they're they're not fading out. You know, they're just yeah, they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're evolving and adapting to the their surroundings. Right. You know, uh, the 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 core of of their artistry is the same, but they're themselves as an artist, you know, the, the, the way they craft a song, the way it's delivered in the studio is, you know, you've got to keep up with the Joneses, I guess, Chris is what I'm trying to say. And, and your ability to do that yet stay true to what you're doing. It's a fine, it's a very fine line. It's a really, really fine line. It is. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, it just boggles my mind how, how how much control and influence your social media really has over over a lot of things in the music business, man. Especially decision making. Sometimes that yeah. internal struggle, which I know we'll get into here in a little bit, but that internal struggle uh, of comparison. You know, the comparison oh, aspect. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yes. We'll, uh, we're going di- we're going to deep dive on that in a little yep. bit, but yep. um, it definitely has an effect. And um, John and I are going to talk about that in a little bit in our main segment. Um, yep. But yeah, we're looking forward to to the next year. Uh, John and I, um, as you guys know, if you've listened to some previous episodes, we're, we're definitely goal oriented people. Um, yes. Hashtag we, goals. Hashtag goals. Hashtag uh, hashtag hustle. Hashtag equals success. Mm, um, yes. You know, it, it, I've always been this way. I would say probably from about 25, definitely when I hit my thirties, um, you know, thinking about what do I want to see myself do for the next year? You know, like what, what is my goal as a musician? Maybe what is my goal as a husband? What is my goal as a worker or a coworker or a boss or whatever role or whatever hat that you wear? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, what is, what is my role as a side man with this artist that I'm playing with and how can I improve? You know, I think having those goals is exciting. And if you can get kind of some group, group of people around you that, have the same ideas or maybe, you know, your goals don't have to perfectly align, but if you're, if, if you're part of the conversation and they're willing to participate in that conversation, then that's a win all around. Absolutely, man. And that's the thing as you get, and I think this is just a natural evolution of people as, as you get older, you know, you know, that's one thing that you can never replenish is your time, exactly. right? You, you've yep. got, you've only got so much time. Yep. So the older, the older you get, you have to delegate your time in such a manner that is um, that is fruitful and beneficial. Yes. Whether it be you know with your family, you know, you know, rekindling the relationship with the wife, whatever. Yes. Right. Whatever it is. Yeah, it can be any uh, particular thing, but it, it know, needs to happen. I think the people that let life happen to them, which means they basically don't plan for anything, they just are adjusting as it gets hard versus yep. planning for when it gets hard. I mean, of course we yep. can't plan for all of it, you know, no, you uh, can't, there's, there's no, no way. Life is, yeah. Your life. Yeah, no you know way. what I mean? That's, life is that's real. Life is real good at like kicking you in the nuts and saying, ha, I'm in control now. Um, right. But the people that plan, the people that 
focus on ways to improve themselves are mm-hmm. not normally surprised by these things as much, or they deal with it better when it happens versus right. Woe is me. Why is life so hard? Like you've heard right. that. And I was like, why does all the bad stuff happen to me? Man, bad stuff happens to everyone. It's just depending right. on the way you handle that bad stuff. And that's it, man. And that's really ultimately, I think honestly and truly, I think that's all goals really are is it is a, if it's everything almost, it's goes, almost like a fire it's, drill, right? It, it's exactly that's a great analogy. That's you hit the nail on the head. It's a freaking fire drill, dude. Because ultimately, something's not going to go to plan. Mm-hmm. But it's how you're able to weave in and out of your problem and, and get get the get the the train back on the track, so to speak. Right? Yep. That's yep. ultimately what you're trying to do. Is you're just trying to navigate through the bullshit. Exactly. Okay? Yep. That's exactly what you're trying to do. So, you know. To, to kind of circle back to what I'm saying, you know, we're getting older, our time is fleeting, mm-hmm. you know, I want to make sure that I'm, my time is spent doing stuff that is going to bear fruit. Right. Right. So, um, just, I'm, I'm just really super excited for this upcoming year. Um, you know, with the artists that we're playing for him, him kind of getting, you know, having this epiphany and having this new approach yep. to um, um, how we can go out and do things. You know, we don't necessarily have to do the same old same that we were doing. Like there's there's ways to do it and, you know, it be profitable and it and, and us have a good time doing it. You right. Know? Right. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, good, know, news just, all, good news all yep. around there. Um, yeah. You know, if you guys aren't goal oriented people, I won't, I won't, you know, I won't go through the whole process of why you should do it, but I will definitely tell you that it it is helpful, um, and and look into, look into it and, and, and just try it for a while. You know, you do have to get into it and it is definitely something that requires, uh, dedication and uh, focus, but those two things, it it starts to become automatic once you do it. Um, Totally. So uh, John brought something to my attention, um, and for our, our uh, segment here that we refer to as headlines, um, just this past week, there was a uh, country music live thing. I think it was the yeah, AMAs. The, the CMAs. The CMAs. Or AMAs. CMAs, AMAs. I, I, think it's the, I think it's the AMAs. I'm not sure if it's the CMAs or whatever. Um, I think I thought the CMAs happened like in the summer, but whichever. Yeah, maybe it, maybe you're right. It, it's one of those. Who, it's the same crap, right? right, it's, right. it's one it's of those a, It's just shows. a different organization. Right. Um, so um, we all know Taylor Swift. If you don't, then then I'm so sorry that you don't know about Taylor Swift. Uh, sarcasm. Yeah. Um, just good. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcasm. Um, so Taylor Swift, um, if you don't know, was, you know, when she started out, she signed with a label that was not very well known. It was called Big Machine Records, right? Yep. Uh, Big Machine is well known now. Because now they're a big machine. Now they are now a big real. machine. They weren't a they weren't right. an unheard of no. tiny machine. Now because Taylor Swift blew up, so this is a an understanding that you know of, of cause and effect. Um, Taylor Swift signed with them, and of course we all know the history of of Taylor Swift. She blows up. She sells hundreds of millions of albums, and Big Machine as a label explodes as well. Um, but recently, John brought to my attention, I didn't know the drama that was happening with the label owner slash CEO. I'm not sure what his exact title is, uh, but his name is Scott Borchetta. Um, and uh, she has chosen, and John, help me out here if I'm wrong. She has chosen to part ways with Big Machine. Is this correct? Yes, she, she parted ways, uh, I believe, a year or two ago. 
Right. So she's no longer on the label. Right. So, so she took she 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 went a different way with music, and you know most of you know that she definitely is is a pop artist now and not a country artist. But she did start out as a country artist. She did on, on the Big Machine label. Um, but here's the thing. Um, so the the drama that John brought my to my attention was that during the AMAs she wanted to do kind of a medley of her old songs, i.e., country songs. Right. She yep. was going to do a medley of country songs because it was a country award show. Uh, she comes to find out that she is not allowed to from a legal standpoint because the catalog, quote unquote, belongs to Big Machine now or was sold to someone else. So, so John, I've kind of gone as far as I know. I think you know uh, more about it, especially the legal parts of things here and, and how this drama is unfolding. Sure. So just kind of a cliff note version of the facts as we know it. So recently, uh, Big Machine uh, was sold to Scooter Braun. And Scooter Braun is a manager of the stars, if you will. He's managed uh, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. And he purchased big machine for to the tune of that's my word of the day to the tune of 300 million dollars yikes okay so um that's basically what had happened okay so when big machine sold to scooter bronze um investor capital and venture capital group whatever you want to call it all of taylor swift's catalog went to him so apparently she was told that she could not play any of her songs because they would basically be a copycat version of of of, of the masters she's already sold she's already, she's already recorded she's already recorded yeah. and 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 scooter bronze company owned the rights to and that's the so, that's the funny part to me is that when John used the word copycat, I didn't really understand. I'm like, what what do you mean copycat? Like she's already recorded this stuff. She just wants to perform it live. But here's the the weird legal loophole that makes sense to yep. me now as John and I have kind of researched this. Um, John and I love YouTube. John and I know love the power YouTube. of YouTube. It also can be very dangerous and kind of cesspool like, depending yep. on how deep down into comments of videos you get into. But yep. YouTube, for the most part, is great. But here was the catalyst for the whole copycat thing: the video of her doing that medley, which which obviously didn't happen. But we all know that it would have ended up on YouTube. Once it ends up on YouTube, it oh, becomes boy. what would be called a re-recording. Right. So yep. it would be essentially the copycat slash re-recording of this stuff, which she doesn't own the rights to. So right. just imagine that like that gives you not only a great bird's eye view of what's going on, but also the power of YouTube, even from a legal standpoint, just mind blowing. Yeah. So anytime any kind of content, let's say you're on an award show, you play your greatest hits and it gets immediately uploaded to YouTube uploaded to Instagram, uploaded to Twitter, you get so many likes and you're going to start seeing royalties from the views and likes, you know, right. you're going to have, you're going to have ads that are placed on the, um, the content, right. Which is revenue stream. That's what right. this is all about. It's about money. Right. So when Taylor was 15 years old, she signed the record deal, right? So, you know, not to get into the weeds about it, but, you know, you know, her father 
kind of, you know, kind of bought her on into Nashville. Right. You know, if, if we're being completely honest to the extent, I don't know. Um, uh, but it's, I would say it's pretty, you know, it's uh, substantial. I would say it's substantial. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but you know, it just, you know, when you're 15 years old, you don't think you're going to sell 300 million records yeah. or you don't, that, I, I don't care who you are or how much you believe in yourself there. You can't fathom those kind of numbers, man. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, can't fathom. No you cannot fathom that type of success. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is not, you know, when, if, if, if I were Taylor Swift and I believed in myself and my abilities or whatnot, I would, to me, you know, selling a million units or having a number one song would be, okay, I made it. Right. That's it. That's and in the her goal. mind, that was probably what her goal was. Like, right. A number one song would be she great. Is, she is almost, you know, an icon, I hit iconic status right. as an artist. You know, whether you like her music or not, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, you know, look how many followers she has on Instagram, on Twitter, and all, and, you know, the chick is, she's printing her own money, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, I can see how she feels some kind of way about things, but, you know, you know, you dance with the devil, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. well, you, you, it, it, it's, at some point, you need to understand that, um, you know, how much is enough, I guess is the point, Chris. You know what I mean? How much is enough? You know, are you really, is, is she really, really concerned about performing her own music or is she concerned that she doesn't have a stake in her masters? That's probably you know what, what it saying? is. I mean, as an artist, that really, that that's all that you have at the end of the day is, is your own talent, right? But then yeah. imagine, just imagine if you had done a ton of work yourself and you could only take credit for it, right? Like this is, this is all the work I've done and you've put all this, this work into doing this, but there's been someone there along to help you. And somehow through legal things up and down, it got a little sideways. And before long, two men or two women or a group of agency people decided to sell off your hard work and say, you don't have, you, you may have created all that, but you have no say so now and ever, ever speaking a word about it again. Like that's, that's an interesting thing. And I think that obviously there's a lot of this that we probably don't know about, you know, the business yeah. of music oh, as oh, we know is oh, dark oh, and shady. Oh yeah, man. There's a, there's a lot, you know, and there's. Um, even in some of the articles I've read, um, you know, Bruschetta has posted stuff, you know, screenshots of text messages where apparently they offered to sign away or give back her masters as she would re up with the, with the label. Right. But she doesn't want to do that because she got butt hurt. You know, she feels like she was betrayed. Right. So I get that. I totally do. Um, it's just, God, man, things, you know, um, when money gets involved, Chris, it gets real nasty, especially in in music. Yeah. When you're dealing with music, man, you know, and Chris and I can, you know, when we were on, on the road with, with the artists that we played for, you know, back in 2013 to 2016, um, 
it ended abruptly over money. Just money. Yeah. Just money. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, 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 and when I say it ended abruptly, I mean like a light switch. It, it got shut off. Well, I mean, we right. don't have to give a ton of details, but the, the, the thing that I'll always remember is that we were coming back from a radio tour with the artist. We get out of the van that we had been traveling in for about, a what, 10 days, 14 days? Yep, about 14 and days, man. We got out of the van, and um, I could feel it. Like, I could just feel, based on the oh, message could, we had received, yeah, you that could, yeah, you could, you this could is feel the it. last so, time that we're going to do this. Like, this it, is the it, very it, last yep. time. And it was. Like, it literally stopped. And it was all money, and um, the music industry as a business, and unfortunately you have to handle both parts of it. You have to handle the music part, but you have to understand the business part. You know, you've got to get your head down in the the understanding of how business and and the publishing aspect and all these kind of things. Um, I would encourage anyone that is trying to be a solo artist or a band, get, get just as excited about the business of music as you are about the music aspect. Oh God, of music. Chris, that that it that is a the understatement of the decade. You are doing yourself. If you're an artist, you need to get on Google and just type up music business record contracts. And just research it. Get a good understanding of how things work. Yeah. Right. You don't. You don't have to be a a, a, a have a master's degree in calculus. Nope. To, to, to figure out the numbers, right? You just, you don't, but you need to understand how the business works and how, how revenue and how money that comes into you is, is what's going to make you attractive to record labels. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and, and in these days, um, subscribers and likes are just as important as merch sales and album sales and concert ticket sales. Would you agree with that, Chris? I mean, I, t- I totally agree with that. I mean, I'm I'm uh, pretty involved at this point in in kind of the the hip hop like pop production stuff. Yep. And yep. you'd be surprised how often I get hit up on Instagram or email um, and people asking me how do I grow my followers. How do I get bigger on Instagram? What tips do you have for me for Instagram followers? What tips yeah, do you man, have for me? And so those numbers that even an artist in this day and age knows that that's important. That is. I mean, it's 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 your lifeline, dude, as an artist, man. Like you don't you know, days of going out and 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 selling out little dive hole bars and and and, and getting a following around your region. Yeah. It's not as important as having 150,000 likes on your or, or followers on your YouTube page. Right. Definitely not. I mean, it's 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 huge because that in itself is a feat, which means if you can get the attention of 150,000 strangers, not just followers, yes. but strangers. Strangers, Chris. Yes. Then, then yes. you've basically yes. done the same work as throwing your stuff in a van and hoofing it out there doing it grassroots yep. style. Because it's, right. it's just right. a, it's the same thing. It's just a different platform. Right, you know, and record labels don't have to buy a bus or buy a van or, or put the money up for hotel rooms and per diems and and, yep. and put retainers on music like that. You don't. The revenue stream is coming through social media. Yeah. So to kind of circle back to get on track about this thing about Taylor Swift, the it's it's really it's she really she has the leverage, but she doesn't. She 
accounted for 80% of big machines revenue, Chris. That's huge. 80 That's freaking huge. percent, dude. Okay, so you're telling me I'm bringing in 80% of your – I'm basically footing the bill for this whole company, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me what I can and cannot play? I don't think so, Scooter. Yeah. You yeah, I think I mean? that's the other part of that that's crazy. Is so, like, how many of those executives have like been able to get from zero to where they are now because of yep. her catalog? And no one could say it's because of her talent or whatever. You you could say whatever you want to. Talent is measured in so many different ways, and it's such a um, it, it's not something that can be measured on a scale from like zero to a hundred. Um, it's subjective, but revenue is not subjective. When something sells, it sells. When someone likes something, they like it. And normally when someone likes it, they stream it or they buy it. So both of these things are highly measurable. And I mean, John and I, we've been up and down music row out there and we went by the big machine offices. And oh, you, see those, yes. you see those Lamborghinis sitting out front? Oh yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. those yeah. were bought with Taylor Swift money. That's what they were bought with. Um, yeah. and, and, and you're right. You know, she, I think she does have a say so, you know, she does have a say so in some of this stuff. Um, but, you know, music business has happened to her. The business part happened it's, to her. It's, it's caught up, you know, all of that. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, her her dad kind of footing the bill, you know, paying her way in. She can't buy her way out. Can't you know, it's like, out. you know, once you once you make a deal with the devil, man, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's it's. You know, you, you sign that, you sign that, that contract in blood, man. It is what it is. Yep. Um, so that just really, you know, I, um, you know, and I, and I, I love Twitter. Uh, God, I love Twitter. If you don't get, if you're not on Twitter, please get on Twitter. But so I, I found out about this on, on Twitter. Right. And of course there, everybody, you know, all the, all of you know, we don't do politics on this show. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna stay away with that. So Probably, I'm gonna yeah, try to, to I'm gonna won't. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to navigate around this. But some of the um, of the people that I follow on Twitter are political pundits, if you will. Right. And of course, they had an opinion. Of course. Um, about Taylor Swift and her, you know, calling out her fans to kind of revolt. And I'm I'm thinking to myself. Stay in your lane, people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If, if you want to talk about politics, totally get it. But for you to get on your social media and and call out somebody else for getting on their social media, right? It's like you are the exact same thing that you've despised, right? You're doing <laughs> the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. So it is just one of those things to where. If you're an artist and you write your own songs and you have aspirations of getting a record deal, you need to know what you're getting into. You need to understand what a contract looks like. You need to understand what royalty rates are. You need to understand what signing over your masters are. You need to understand that. You don't have to have a PhD in it, but you need to have a foundation of knowledge of it. So you, when you, if you are in that position... And you have to say sign a contract or, or do whatever you got to do. You're you can you can kind of sleep a little easier at night. But right, you know I just you know I think um, ultimately um, Taylor Swift has 
all the leverage. Because if she wants to play the song, she can. And if they want to sue her, she can. She's got the money to fight it out in court all she wants to. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that if, if, if I were Scooter Braun, who now owns Big Machine, you're alienating 80% of your revenue stream by, by getting into a war with Taylor Swift. Whether it's her fault or your fault, it doesn't matter. Right. Her fans are behind her regardless. Yeah. And if it means and it, there's, there's very few artists that are, you know, have fans that are as ravenous as hers. Um, and that, that's, you know, that's something too, that she's worked to build, you know, that whether she has a lot of followers, she's also was able to, to, to get those followers to work for her in a lot of situations. She knows yeah, that and, and they I mean, know that yeah. too. They know they, they have know a voice. Listen, she gives them a voice. She, yeah. And, and she, she's earned everything she's got, man. She wrote her own song. She performed them. Yep. I, I cannot, you know, like I said, whether, whether or not you like her music or you don't, it's irrelevant. Yep. You have to respect her hustle. Yep. Okay. The hustle's there. There is talent there, and you know, like I say, that's 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 all subjective. But she she definitely has hustled hard. She what she's got, she earned it. And um, yeah, it's interesting to see the business part of the music uh, side kind of kind of yeah. rare up and 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 start to to come at her. You know, of of all people. Yeah, and and, and to kind of I guess segue into something else that. I've noticed um, on social media, and I think this has a lot of implications on our lives and how we view ourselves. So Chris and I, you know, obviously we've been doing this for a while, and a lot of our, our, you know, social media friends are touring musicians. And it is, I find it quite hilarious that, all I see are these hashtag road life, man. Just had another kick-ass show in Des Moines and heading, getting on the bus, playing some PlayStation, <laughs> you know, re- really ready to rock it in the next gig. Su- super stoked. Diodario sent me a box of free picks and strings and blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's all uh, gratuitous self promotion, promoting. Yeah type stuff yeah we we see so, that stuff all the time and john and i you know we we've talked about how instagram we'll say instagram specifically we could it's specifically instagram yeah um it, it's a highlight reel you know and and, and people that yep. live the musician life you know what's your highlight you know like it's going to yep. be being on the tour bus being on the road getting gear being endorsed um you know playing PlayStation all day because the gig doesn't start till nine o'clock or yep. sleep until one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon. Like these are, these are highlights for, for that, that person's life. Right. Um, yep. and, and trust me, I did the same thing. I took pictures oh, of the tour did, bus. Let, and, listen, not, okay, let me, let me preface this by saying I did the same thing when yep. we were on the road, you bet your damn Bunsen burner. I was, I was reflecting all the cool shit I was doing on the road. It was reflected in my social media post. Right. So, you know, uh, I'm kind of being a slight hypocrite. Well, I think, I think before we apply the hypocrite thing to it, yeah. um, what, I, what I think I'm, I'm getting to, and I know what John's getting to as well, is that what we see and what we did, even though we may, it may be coming across right now that we're calling these people out, in some ways we are. But I think what we have to do is kind of zoom out a little bit and remember that Instagram is the worst thing to compare your life to. 
Yes, right? it is. It is. It is poison to and, to your to your life if you're trying to if that's the bar. Yes. Right. Yes. And I think what John and I are trying to get to here, and we can keep expanding on, is um, don't use Instagram and the gratuitousness that's put on there by touring musicians or artists that are endorsed or what have you. Don't let that defeat what you may be working on yourself. You know, whether that's your own tour, whether it's your hardworking guitar player, a hardworking drummer, hardworking vocalist, whatever, and you're trying to get that first endorsement. You're trying to break through however you can to get that that audition with that band that you want to play, but you see that guy's post again and again and again, you think you'll never get there. Um, let's just remember that Instagram is a highlight reel. You know, it's like seeing every single home run that Bryce Harper's hit, but you're not going to see a highlight reel of all the strikeouts, right? Yeah, of the of the 300 strikeouts that he that he you know whiffed on the entire season. And I think you know just you know um, I have a um, um, as you guys know, I went to the Atlanta Institute of Music. And I have some friends of mine that have recently graduated and they'd come out to see me play and some stuff. And they would constantly, you know, ask me like, man, like, how did you, like, how did you do, how'd you get your gigs, man? And what they don't understand is, is like, I didn't have Instagram and Twitter and face, you know, that stuff wasn't around back when I was at school. Right. That was you just, know? that was just networking, right? I was just getting was out there ne- and meeting people. Was, Right. You know, and obviously school was a huge uh, bridge um, for for that whole networking process. Um, But, you know, I had to go out and let my playing be my advertising. You know what I mean? Um, You know, had to have business cards and, you know, just, you know, do it the old fashioned way, as as they say. Um, And. I remember we did a gig out at a club in Buford, Georgia. Um, it was one of the first ones that you were on, Chris. Um, as a matter of fact, oh, wow. um, uh, a, a good friend of mine, um, kind of similar story to Joe, sold him his first nice guitar, you know, at the music store I was working at at the time, and you know, kind of mentored him a little bit. And he ended up going to AIM, and he graduated, and he's a great player. Uh, great, great kid and doing, you know, doing his thing now. And I remember him, he would always ask me, he's like, man, how did you get your gigs, man? You know? And like, he's like, what do I need to do? Like, what, what do you think? What's your advice? And I was like, man, get up on your social media. Mm -hmm. Like your Instagram is your business card now. It is like, that's, that's, that's how people are going to, um, find you is through social media. So, um, me kind of uh, adapting and being aware that that's how the game works now. That's exactly what I told him. And this was, you know, gosh, you know, earlier in the year when we did that gig and he started beefing up his, his Instagram, posting a lot. And now he's playing with three or four different artists and, you know, doing his thing, man. Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's amazing how, the power of social media um, can really influence and, 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 you know, just like I said, it's your business card, right? That's how you go and get yourself known. But on the flip side, 
it's a double-edged sword because all you're doing is it's like you said chris it's a freaking highlight reel mm-hmm. right you know you're not you're not going to sit there you know when tour season is over you know the, the touring season it's, it's a seasonal business right you know usually you know from thanksgiving after thanksgiving till say february touring season is pretty much it's it's at a it's at a stop right yeah you know what i mean it definitely slows down a lot it it slows down tremendously so you know unless you're on some sort of retainer which most hired guns are not they get paid per show right what the hell are you doing on your off season i can tell you what you're doing you're probably working a part-time job you're working at a music store you're detailing cars you're ubering you're doing something other than playing PlayStation on the tour bus, mm-hmm. right? And you don't you, you need to kind of factor that in when you're looking at all these cool Instagram posts. Is like that's not that's not something that that is um, that's not real life shit. It's not. I think okay. <laughs> wouldn't it be amazing? It's just not. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if the guy that is the touring musician, like when he gets off the bus, he's taking pictures of dropping his kids off at school and, you know, taking them to Chuck E. Cheese and all these yep. kind of things. Like, you know, yep. th- there's not a balance. So because there's not a balance, we don't expect anyone to use social media that way. Some people do. A very small percentage do. Yep. But the ones that are trying to be in the entertainment business, whatever that factor may be, uh, music or whatever, you're going to post the highlights because that is your business card, right? It if is, our business totally. card is supposed to be clean and squeaky and look like we got it all together, then we're going to post the highlights. But And as you should, you if, know, yeah, when, absolutely. when you're doing, when you're using it for that pers- purpose, as you should. Right. But let's just remember that that, that person that is out there doing their thing, hustling and posting the highlight reels. They're a real person just like you. They're a real person just like me and John. And yep. they're not posting all the stuff that they don't deem part of the, their own highlight reel. Um, so our our goal with this is, you know, look at it through that lens and make sure that you're, not, sure. that you're not holding yourself back because you're judging yourself based on that kind of stuff. Cause I, I, yeah. I hear it all the time. Like, man, man, I'll never be as good as this guy. And like, how will I get enough followers? This guy's got like 20,000 followers and I've only got 200. Like, yep. how am I going to break through? And it's crazy that social media has put so much pressure on so many people, even people that aren't artists. Like, yeah, you know, man. Like teenagers, I mean, like teenagers, yeah, they, they judge each other. Like, Oh my God, I've got a hundred more followers than you. What are you doing? You know? And right. It's, it's so ridiculous. Cause it, you know, technically I've heard it referred to this and I love it. It's called vanity metrics. That's all those are. Oh God. Yes. Those are vanity metrics. I'm if Instagram, if Instagram it. went away tomorrow, what would you base your status on? Yeah. Your own integrity uh, or your own set of true friends? Cause that, that, right. could, that, that, that could be deleted tomorrow. Yeah, um, totally, you know, just let, let's, let's remember that that's just a platform and platforms change all the time. You know, there was a time when there wasn't an Instagram. There was a time when there wasn't a YouTube. And someday those will be replaced by something else. Yeah, um, absolutely. So be, there, careful gonna, with, be careful yeah. with those vanity metrics. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great that's a great word um, to uh, maybe this ought to be the title of the episode, vanity <laughs> metrics. Maybe so. Um, but, you know, it just kind of it's just been sticking in my crawl uh, for, for some time because a lot of, you know, and. Um, I don't want to sound pretentious and sound like an asshole because 
I did the same thing when I was on the road constantly, you know, and that was my, that was my, that was my job. You know, that was my day job. Right. right. But as you said, um, this is our business card. So obviously we were using it the same way we expect other people to use it. I really want to be clear that John and I, neither one are saying, don't do this. We're saying, absolutely. do it. We're saying, absolutely. do it. We're talking to the people right now. We're talking to the people that are judging their life and comparing their life to the person that is using it yes. for that purpose. Yes. You know, if you're comparing yourself to somebody who's been a hired gun for 10 years, you know, well, there's a reason why they're out there touring with all these artists because they put the work and the time in and they've networked and they put themselves in position to be in a, in a, a, a stable of, of steady work. Yep. So, you know, kudos to those players who busted their ass to get that, but don't compare yourself or figure out uh, or, or not necessarily figure out, but try to um, create a shortcut on social media by, you know, there's no shortcut for hard work, man. You know, there's no shortcut for putting in the time and, and networking and going out and doing the, the, the work part of it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. One of my favorite the drummers. physical work. Yeah, yeah. The physical work part of it is huge. And, and John bringing that up makes me makes me think of this, makes me think of one of my favorite drummers. Um, I, I've, I've taught drums on and off uh, a good portion of my life. And, and currently I, I am, a, am a drum teacher. And uh, one of my favorite drummers is, is Mike Johnston, uh, which he is the consummate God, drum monster. teacher. He's a monster, yep. monster player, but a great communicator. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that, that he communicates so well, two very big things that really go with what John's saying here is if you've ever read a book, you know, and you get really far into the book, you get really excited about it because you're attached to those characters, you're attached yeah. to where the story is going, right? Yep. So yep. don't, here's what he says, don't compare your chapter two to someone else's chapter 20. Oh, that's so huge. Right. Oh, so, Chris. so we're all, we're all on the same wow. timeline. We're all on the same timeline right. from, as a musician, if you're a yes. guitar player, drummer, whatever yep. it may be, we're yep. all on the same timeline, but we're just getting there at different, different spaces, right? Somebody yep. might be on chapter 20. You may be on chapter two, right? Yep. And so don't, yep. that, that's the first part. The other part, John's talking about hard work is he has these drum camps. You can sign up, you can go, anyone can go, you pay the money, you go out there, you go there for like three days and go to this drum camp. When they arrive, they get those, you know, those rubber wristbands that you put on there. He's got them printed up and they say, embrace the suck. Embrace the suck, right? And the suck aspect for him is the work because you got to work. work. It's going to suck until it doesn't anymore, right? Doing that work up front. That's what John's talking about. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing, you know, everybody, you know, who are, you know, family members and they're like, man, how did you, how did you learn to play that song? You know, or are these, you know, super, super just weekend warrior guitar players. And they're like, man, I, I, I never can be that good. And I'm like, oh, you might be surprised. You put the work in, you can yep. pretty much do whatever you want. Yep. You know, they didn't, you know, they, you know, when, when people come out to see us perform, you know, um, especially for the first time and they're like, man, you guys are, you guys are so good. And, you know, especially now that Chris is in the band, you know, we've had this happen and you're like, you've only been playing with them for six months. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that the time Chris has put in prior to the six months of him learning the song and the rehearsals and all the, all the, the gigs that we put in with him up to that point, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's been preparing for, for gigs like this his whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's just a matter of, of getting the opportunity and seizing it. Right. 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 So, you know, um, it's just a, it's, it's, 
you know, the, 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 the work you put in is going to bear fruit in the, in, in the end. Right. So you can't put all of the work into social media, into a highlight reel and expect, um, you know, um, uh, fulfillment out of that. I just can't see me as a person. Like if I'm constantly just putting up sunshine and rainbows about being on the road, because I'm going to tell you right now, Chris, being on the road, it ain't all fucking sunshine and rainbows. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's not. I it's can't. just not, man. I, mean, I, mean, I, I remember the day that we woke up in northern Michigan, and I'm not talking about like the Upper Peninsula, but we were as far north We'd be the, in the freaking the, great. The, we'd be in a we, Great Lakes if yeah, we were any further. Yeah, we were. We were in Michigan, and we drove to Gulf Shores near Mississippi or Alabama or wherever that is in one day. It was yep, a twenty-hour van ride, not a bus ride. We were in a van for twenty hours, yeah. and that is not the kind of stuff that makes the Instagram highlight reel. But that's the real life of of being a touring musician. Um, yeah, or or the or the or the 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 dinners and meals you got to eat in the fucking loves truck stop and yeah. at the subway or yeah. the McDonald's gas you, station. You, you, you or pull the, in for gas, and it's like, well, this one's got a Wendy's, the other one had a had an Arby's. You you get what you get, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just I don't expect to see that part of someone's Instagram, but also you get you get a little further along in this game, and you get some perspective, and you realize like. Yeah, I'm I'm only seeing the best of of what's happening to them right now. Uh, yeah. So please remember that when you're looking at Instagram, that you're only yes. seeing the best, and it's a tool. If we all viewed yep. Instagram, Absolutely. especially as a musician, we have a lot of things that we we refer to as our tools, right? As drummers, we drumsticks, cymbals, our drum yep. set, whatever it may be. Yep. It's a tool. Guitar players, yep. guitars are your tool. Strings are your tool to get your yep. job done. Instagram. And social media as a whole is a tool. If you use it that way and leverage it that way, you'll 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 be such a happier person. Yeah, totally. And by no means am I saying don't post your cool stuff that happens on the road because everybody. I mean, that's great. Def, definitely do it. I'm just saying, I would like to see some, you know. And there's a few few of my friends that I follow that actually do that. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, I've got a flat tire. I got to go to freaking. I'm waiting on AAA to come and fix my flat tire now yeah. i gotta go work i gotta go paint this house all week because i'm off the road you know what i mean right like, right real life's like at least real they're being real life. right you know i mean yeah that's exactly cool. that's man. cool i mean i don't know how i feel about that it's cool to kind of be like real life but i feel like at some point you're kind of it crosses a line to where it's what's called is life casting where it's like you know yeah. you're just basically showing us everything and yeah. i think we've we've become so so just conditioned to seeing the highlights that when someone posts something that's slightly negative or just kind of average, we go, Oh, that was boring. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Big time, big time. So, you know, I don't want to sit here and beat a dead horse in the ground. Use social media. Um, it's there. It's a powerful tool. You have to use it and you have to make sure that you're promoting yourself on it, but don't be afraid to, um, just be yourself. Don't compare yourself to, you know, to freaking, uh, Justin Bieber's <laughs> freaking Instagram <laughs> or whatever, or Kanye West Instagram, you know what I mean? Just because you're not out doing the stuff that they're doing and don't have that, that doesn't mean that, that that's everything. Like Chris said, the timeline, right? Yep. yep you may yep. be on chapter 
two or three when Kanye's on chapter 100, right? Yeah. Like he's been doing this for a while. Same thing with Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift. You know, it's like they're just they're they're ahead of the game, you know. Yep. They had to do the same go through the same jump through the same hoops and do all the same crap that every every other artist that comes down that path is going to have to do. So that's really the point of, you know, um what I was kind of wanting to get across to our listeners is that social media is a powerful tool. Use it wisely. Yes. Use it wisely. Use it as a tool and uh, you'll be happier for it. And just don't, you know, don't, don't judge yourself uh, based on what you see. You know, like it's just, it's not worth it. So uh, John and I, we, we share um, a lot of favorite music together. And one of my favorite segments yep. is the one that is our newest segment. John, I'm not going to refer to love it, it. The, I love it. Right. Um, so we, uh, we, we always discuss like different, different, different bands and songs we should, we should highlight. Um, yep. A style of music that's, really cool to me right now is is the the synth pop stuff which has a ton mm-hmm. of it's basically rock music with like 80s production but it's Total. like this modern like slick 80s production yes. there's a lot of bands doing it right now um uh, what's what's the what's the really the night game you know is really huge. yeah the night and, game the uh, 1975 yeah there's a bunch of bands um, doing it but one that really caught my attention recently um and I heard them on um, Sirius Radio. It's a uh, what's the uh, Alt Nation, I believe. Um, their hit song off their new album is called Daphne Blue. Uh, the band I'm referring to is a Memphis-based band called The Band Camino. So think like El Camino. Um, mm. So the song Daphne Blue is what caught my attention, which made me go, "Hey, I want to listen to this album." Daphne Blue is a great song. However, it is not my favorite song on their new album. And the song that we're going to be referring to uh, on on their new album, which uh, the new album is called Try Hard, um, the song itself, which is the song for our segment today, is just called Honest. It's the fourth track on the new album. Uh, John and I just listened to it a little while ago, and. Um, it's just, you know, what's strange to me is that this music, to me, it's just my perception is that it feels fresh. You know, you hear something like this and it, it goes, man, this, it, it is, does this is fresh. fresh. But it, it's, it's, it's meshing things that we're very comfortable hearing. And, and, and I think what it is, the reason why we, we, we feel that it's fresh is that it does sound different, but it also found it's, it's got a comfort to it, you know, for me and you that, that get the yeah, 80s, totally. 90s kind of vibe and things like that. Um, I feel like it has like a ton of comfort to it. So this band is, is this song is really cool. Um, John, I hate to say it, but this one does not start with the trademark guitar riff. I listened to it and I was no, like, Oh it, no, it, this it, breaks the cycle. Yeah, it, it it doesn't. But, uh, what it does do is it, it replaces the killer guitar riff with a killer, like 80 cent, you know, piano kind of, kind of, yeah, kind yeah. of vibe. And there's you know, some guitar stuff is, going on. There's like a picking. Oh yeah. There's a really cool, like that really glassy sounding, like strump strumming stuff uh, is yeah. really neat. Um, and, yeah. And it's it's just, that whole, it's that whole eighties chorus, you know, analog chorus, flanging, you know, stereo chorus sound on mm-hmm, the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, um, that is, um, you know, any guitar sound, any guitar, any guitar that was on an eighties track is like copy and pasting the exact tone because it, they were 
it's it, they were all hit songs so all the producers are like yeah we want you to have that analog chorus or that tri-chorus on on the guitar because mike landau had it on the chicago track and we went number one in two weeks and that's the sound or you know um you know you kind of you know i think that that's that's what they're doing is they're kind of paying homage to those techniques and tones of the 80s and that's Mm -hmm. what gives us that comfort and that 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 kind of um um you know nostalgia that that it it it's they're paying homage but it's still fresh you know it's not it's not so blatant of a ripoff because it's not that at all it's 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 got a really really great chorus yeah. absolutely love the chorus um i like the way it's mixed the vocals are really prominent in the track they stick out but the the rhythm section stuff is just it's a it's a really slick modern polished production with a that 80s synth pop kind of kind of vibe and i absolutely love it yeah it's very memorable uh track especially once you hear it the reason like i would encourage everyone to just listen to the album just stick it on shuffle and listen to it and what's interesting is like every time i listen to it a different song has a little bit more weight but that song that specific song honest from a production standpoint the hookiness of it the even the the way the song is written the way it tells the story um it's definitely relatable to pretty much everyone can relate to it. Um, it, it's just, it holds a lot of weight over the entire album and it's great band. Obviously this album is their, their new album, but you guys should definitely check out some of their old stuff. Uh, as I said, they're called the band Camino, uh, dive deep into their catalog. You won't, you won't, uh, you won't hate it. I promise. Um, yeah, good stuff. Definitely, definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Well, John, I think we've uh, we've covered some some very deep and, and brooding topics, music business and social media, all in one episode. Oh my God, man! We we there's a lot of meat on that bone, man. You yeah. know, it, and I don't want to. You know, I think you know our listeners. You know, they. I feel like we 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 can be honest with each other. You know, oh, we, yeah. we we oh, yeah. we we know each other now. We're we're yeah. we're connected. We're peeps. We're yeah. fam. Yeah. Um, I don't want to sound pretentious or sound like a um, you know, get off my lawn, dude. But I just think that there's going to come a time, Chris, like you said, when the next new thing comes out and Instagram and Facebook are a thing of the past. Yep. Right. And, and, I think and, and here's I, what it makes us do is it, it just turns us into, to drones almost that are just chasing the follow yep. or chasing the subscribe yep. or chasing the like. You know, and so if we become these like mindless drones that are chasing these vanity metrics, the substance of life disappears. It just kind of starts to fade into the background and it worries me a little bit. It really does. Yeah, me too. So, um, moral of the episode is, is there's no substitute for hard work and let, let your, let your own story and your own experiences um, play out and do the talking for you. You know, if you're a guitar player or a drummer, let your playing do the talking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let 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 your playing do the talking. More often than not, and John could John could totally back me up on this. More often than not, I have. I'm an introverted person. John is way more extroverted than me, and I, I can't be a self salesperson. Right. I could never be that person. So. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's fortunate for me and for John too, I think that we didn't grow up with social media. We, we were forced to, we didn't really have a choice to say like we either had to go out there and hustle ourselves or we had to just go and play yeah. and let our playing do the speaking. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that I, that I've said, you know, that I've let playing do the work for me because I'm, I'm kind of introverted. I don't want to like go out there and be like, Hey dude, you need to hire me or Hey, you need to come hear my band or, you know, like it just, it never was like that for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, we don't want to come off as, you know, you know, stay off my lawn guys. But no, I just not. think that there's, that there's, there's just no substitute for letting your playing do the talking. Right. Right. You know, use social media to your, to, to your advantage because it, it's important and you have to, you have to be, you, that's part of the game now, but don't, don't hold, you know, yourself accountable to social media and don't use that as a measuring stick for what you're trying to do. Definitely work hard, keep your nose down, let your plan do the talking and, and good things will happen. That's it. I don't think John could have said it any better. I think that's going to put a wrap on this episode. Oh, yeah. uh, John and I are really happy that we're on a roll here. Two episodes in a row. Weird. Expect another one yes. next week. Um, yep. and, and coming, coming at you. And don't forget you. to hit the like and subscribe buttons and follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram, if you haven't already, uh, tell your friends, tell your grandmother, tell your grandfather, tell your cousins, your sisters, your brothers, um, everybody out there. Uh, we got big things coming for 2020, mm -hmm. working on some sponsorships, mm -hmm. getting some merch coming. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, as Chris said, we are going to be coming at you every week now. Yep. So, um, get used to it. <laughs> get used to it. Well, John, let's, let's, uh, let's get out of here and let these people get on with their lives. And we are out. <laughs>